Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the senior pastor at Church of the King, and I am so pumped up that you are hanging out with us today on our podcast. I pray that God really speaks to you today and that you are inspired and encouraged to take on this life for Jesus. I want to encourage you to go on over to our website at cotk.org so you can keep up to date with everything going on. But you can only learn so much through a website and a podcast. Man, we'd love to meet you. Man, come check us out on one of our weekend services. Uh, You can see all of that online as well. So God bless you, and I hope this word ministers to you today. Hello, everyone at Church of the King and Facebook family and YouTube world and everywhere else that you may be watching from. Pastor Jason here. I'm the pastor here at Church of the King. Excited to be here with you. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, wait a second. Like, it's a different environment. This looks a little like, uh, did we go back online only and I didn't know about it? No, no, this, this crazy thing happened at church tonight. We had a phenomenal in-person gathering, but the electricity kept going out throughout the whole thing, so we weren't able to record anything or anything like that. So here I am coming at you at 9.40 Saturday night, getting everything together so that you could hear a word today. So I'm excited to have you here. A couple things that I do want to tell you. Uh, first off is, uh, man, I'm just so grateful for all of you, all that at you're doing. Uh, I want to just say a, a couple things. Uh, first, I want to thank you guys for your faithfulness and your giving. Uh, so many of you that even through all that's happening, you've been so faithful with your tithes, your offerings, uh, and it's helped us. It's put us in position as we're moving into our our facility in just a few months from now, our new building, praise God. But more than that, too, we've been able to help a lot of people during this time. We've helped a lot of people. We've helped people with their house note. We've helped people with um, their electric bill. We've helped some people with food. And uh, people in our church and other people were connected to. Um, So there's been a lot that's going on. And, And even the hurricane that just happened in the whole Lake Charles area, want you to know that uh, we're working with them and actually have a dear friend in Lake Charles uh, that I am talking to, talked to just the other day, and we're getting behind them to help them with whatever they need. So I, I called him the other day, Pastor Todd, and I asked him, I said, how you doing? And it, it was, it's been a big, they've been devastated over there. And I asked him, so how, how's the house? And his house is okay. I said, well, how's, how's the church? And he said, the roof got ripped off and everything has just been rained on. It's completely ruined. And, uh, and I just told him, I said, listen, I want you to know whatever's going on, Church of the King has your back. And can I tell you why we have his, have his back? It's because you guys give faithfully. So we're going to be able to help them a lot. Hey, cool thing. Uh, just today, uh, he has a picture of it and sent a, a little video. Is, uh, the president came in, flew in to see what was going on and met him in his church. And so he got to pray over the president standing in this church that was ruined uh, this morning. So pretty cool uh, situation that even in the midst of all of this, that God is still, still doing his thing to move the kingdom forward. And that's why we must always continue to sow seeds of righteousness, no matter what position we find ourselves in. So, hey, I have a great message for you. Uh, I'm preaching tonight. You'll see in the morning. And uh, This is what I'd like to say. This would normally be our third part of our habit series, but um, I'm going to stop and interrupt your regularly scheduled 
series to bring this word to you. Now, I am in my house right now. I'm in my, in my living room right now, and I have a full audience of two right now, okay? And uh, so if you hear a strong laughter, it's Brandon C., okay? That's who it is. That's who I got. So uh, if you hear a bark, it's my two dogs, all right? But we're going to have fun through this, this whole thing. And so I, I have a special message for you, though, that I can't explain other than it's been really heavy on me this whole week. This whole week, I really sensed the Lord just really wisp, wanting to get something across to us. If you ever check us out on our 714 prayer, which we do on Tuesday mornings, 714, that go, it's, it's after the scripture of Chronicles 714 that says, If my people who are called by my name will seek my face and humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And so we pray every Tuesday morning at 714, and Facebook Live and Instagram Live as well. You got a little bit of an appetizer for what God's been doing and what I want to go a little bit deeper on today. So let me just jump right into it and start off with the story, though. I, I remember growing up, I grew up in like a, a, a charismatic church. I mean, highly charismatic church. And I mean, very spiritual I mean, uh, very aware of things, of the spiritual and things spiritual. And we talked a lot about eternity, eternity. And so heard so much about, I remember there's this one guy in particular, I won't say a name because I know this is in the worldwide web now and stuff, but he would preach about hell. And I mean, I can remember it to this day. I remember, I don't know, I have this vivid picture of this moment where he goes, if the bowels of hell were open and someone reached out, this is what they would say. I mean, they, it was like hardcore, serious stuff. And, but we always, talk, he, he would preach about hell like born and raised there, man. I mean, talked about eternity. And the one thing I'm grateful for is I was very aware of eternity. It was very, very real to me, very understand the reality of eternity. But we also talked a lot about Jesus coming back, which we believe in this church. Jesus is coming back, the second coming of Christ. We believe that, that he's coming, he's going to rapture us into, into the clouds and we'll be with him forevermore, scripture talks about. We believe that. Talked about it all the time. Now, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. There was a book in 88, some of you may remember this, that said 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 88. And then they had Y2K. Come on, anybody remember Y2K? So, Brandon, you're my, my audience. You remember Y2K? You remember Y2K? Y2K, and, and that was it. Jesus come back, Y2K, all right? All these things going, so often, I often, there was many times I thought throughout growing up that Jesus came back and I missed it. That, that happened several times. I remember one time in particularly, I was coming home from school and I was on the bus and when we pulled up to my house, my mom's car was there, which is not abnormal, but my dad's car was there as, as well and that wasn't normal. And so, like, okay, it usually comes a little later from work. So I walk in. Then when I walk in the door of my house, I, I can't find mom and I can't find dad. Like, mom? Dad? Mom? Dad? I started getting nervous and all of a sudden, this fear whoo, into my soul. Like, Jesus came and I missed it. I start running around the house. I'm like, Mom, Dad, I called my mom's work. 
Is, is my mom, oh no, your mom hasn't been here at all, Jason. Oh, okay, bye. I run into my sister's room, bust open the door. My sister goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I knew you weren't going. Where's mom and dad? And so we started, they finally come in and I'm like, don't ever do that to me again. And so, man, it just had, it's funny stuff, but I was so aware of eternity. I was so aware of spiritual a lot of spirit, highly spiritual. And, and there came a point, as I got a little older, that there was a statement that was said a little bit uh, from different leaders, said that, hey, I don't want you to be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. Something that they would say. Heard it many times. Maybe some of you have heard that. that hey, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Well, I fear sometimes, fear is probably a bad word, but I'm concerned at times that in our day and age that we've actually flipped that. And now we're so earthly minded that we're spiritually ignorant. That we're so aware of what's going on in front of us that we are clueless on spiritually what's happening after us. I mean, it's critical, critical, because here's the thing I want us to know, and this is what's so important. I'm telling you, this is why I would stop in the middle of a series and say, I feel like we need to talk about this, is, is because there's something critically, critically important that I feel like us as a church, we've got to get this. And I want to help us understand this. And, and this is going to take some work on my part, but it's okay, because we're going to get you there, because the spiritual and the physical are connected the spiritual and the natural, it's not two separate things, but they're connected and they're all going on at the same time. Even right now, as I'm speaking physically, there's spiritual stuff going on all around us. And I want to make sure that we don't have a church that is so earthly minded that we're completely missing spiritually what's going on. I want to be careful of that. I want to make sure that that's not who we are. I, this past week, I was talking with someone who moved with us to help us start the church, and we were chit-chatting, and, and I asked them a question. I said, hey, so you've been here five years. We started the church five years ago, and, uh, and I said, hey, so, so what have you learned? And they shared with me a little bit of what they learned. They helped us get started, and, and they, then they asked me, so what have you learned? <laughs> and I was like, how much time do you have? I'm like, my backbone's stronger than it ever ha has. My, thin, my skin has got a lot thicker during the time. Let's put it that way. I've grown up and learned a lot through all of this. But I think if there's anything I would say that I've learned, I think the major thing I'd say what I've learned is I've learned, I've learned and how to discern what is the thing that only God can do and what is the thing that he always calls me to do. That's critically important because some of us are sitting back waiting for God to move and God is waiting on us to move. Others of us, and I got to be honest, I kind of fall in this camp. I'm so busy moving, making stuff happen, trying to make it work out that I can try in the physical all I want to do every leadership thing, every right thing, bust down doors, all of that. I can try it all I want. If God says it's not time, it's not time. And if he says I'm not doing that, that's not happening right now, it's not happening right now. 
And so we have to be careful. I'm learning and learning how to discern, God, what is the thing that only you can move, God? Only you can change hearts. Only you can help break strongholds, God. So I, I lean and I ask for you with that. But God, what are the things you want me to do? In Ephesians 6, 12, it says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Today, I want to share a message with you I just simply called, What is Really Going On? What is really going on? Because there's what's happening right now in front of us, but then there's what's really going on behind the scenes. Remember, there's the physical that we see right now, but there's spiritual stuff that's going on in our country, in our world, in your home, in our lives, in my mind. All these things are happening, and I want to make sure that we're a church that discerns spiritually what is really going on. You know, as a pastor, I, I, love, I love watching people move forward. As a local pastor in a local city, in a local area, I love hearing about people buying new homes. I love to hear about people moving forward and being promoted or starting that company that they wanted to start. I, I love hearing, I love hearing about people blessed and moving forward. And it's exciting. And I do say this, and I mean this, this is not, this is not preacher talk, it's not any of that. I love hearing about when your kids are winning and they're doing great. You know, sometimes when your kids are like really good at something or they're really like are awesome at something, you're almost like, well, I, I really want to brag about them, but I don't want to come across the wrong way. I mean this. You come to Stephanie and I and you tell us how amazing your kids are and we want to cheer with you because that's a big deal. Now, I know some of you are going to want to come up and say, Pastor Jay, I need you to pray for my kid because they're about to see Jesus because I'm about to hurt them, you know, and so we'll do that too at the same time. I love seeing people move forward, but you know what? As a pastor, can I tell you some things I hate seeing? I hate seeing pride, prejudice, poverty, and suffering. I hate seeing those things. I struggle seeing those things. I cannot stand seeing those things, although they're a reality in our world, and especially right now. You know what I really want, what my desire is for all of you that are listening right now, our Church of the King family and everyone else that's tuning in right now is this, is that we would have what Jesus talked about and what was said in Revelations 3, 22, that whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I pray that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what's really going on. Now let me go back to the scriptures. This is critical. Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our struggle is not against people or parties. Pause for effect. Our struggle is not against people or parties. Scripture shows us where, to, where our struggle, where our fight really is. Our fight is with powers in this dark world. There is powers in this dark world that is our struggle against. 
There's spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That is where our fight is. Always remember this. Yes, there's people, but there's agendas behind those people, and there's always a spirit behind those agendas. There's a spirit that comes, a spirit of fear, a spirit of doubt that come, and it's whispering in, that's feeding the agenda that shows up in a person or a party. That's what happens. And so many times we think our fight is that person and our fight isn't so much that person. This is so important because many of us are fighting a person instead of fighting a power. We're complaining and want to fight a party as opposed to fighting a principality that's over that party. Galatians said it this way. Paul talking to Galatians church, he said, are you so foolish? After beginning by the means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish with the means of the flesh? In other words, this is what he's simply saying. You cannot defeat spiritual powers and principalities by natural ways. You have to use spiritual ways to attack physical means. I have a little chart that I'm going to show, put on the screen in just a moment, just to kind of give a little bit more clarity that we are all made of three parts. There's our body, our soul, and our spirit. Now, our body is the thing we understand the most. It's with our senses, how we see, we taste, we touch, we feel, we, uh, the, the senses that we have in our body. Our soul is now the next part, deepest part of us. That's where our mind, our will, and our emotion is. But then there's our spirit. It's the deepest part of who we are, what will live forever. This is so important. We often talk about someone's spirit. We talk about when someone doesn't know Christ, and maybe you're just listening right now, and maybe you just popped on because somebody shared something, or maybe you're just looking right now, and, and, and the truth is, is when I start talking about Jesus, there's something that's intriguing to you, but there's something on the inside of you that's missing. I'll tell you what it is. Your spirit, before you know Christ, is dead, the Bible says, but when we receive Christ and we ask Christ to come into our life and take over our life, our spirit comes alive. And see, just like there's a physical, the soul and spirit, there's a physical and there's a spirit that we're talking about. And as a believer, we must recognize that, yes, we function in the natural, but we also function in the spirit. Pastor, why do you keep bringing all this stuff up? You spend a lot of time laying some groundwork for, hey, our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to make it very simple and be very direct. In our world, in our country, and all around our neighborhoods now, there has been a spirit of fear, confusion, and distraction released all over the world. A spirit of fear, confusion, and division. Division, I know I said distraction earlier, the word's division, has been just released all over our world. A spirit of fear has been released to keep people isolated, to keep people hesitant, to keep people fearful. And the ultimate fear that they want is the fear is, is trying to hold you back from taking steps forward to grow in your faith in God and really know God. Those things God's whispering to you, the things in your heart that you're sensing, maybe from God it's time to take a step or whatever he may, maybe it's starting something, maybe it's doing something, whatever it be, the spirit of fear is coming to hold you back 
from the promises of God, from the destiny of God for your life. It's been released. I'm telling you, people feel people are so fearful right now. A spirit of confusion has been released. Look, when you look all throughout the Old Testament, you see several occasions where a spirit of confusion was set on one of the armies that the armies of Israel was attacking. You see it happen multiple times. And the same thing happens every time you see where a spirit of confusion came upon an army. I'll pick one of them to show you. It was Gideon. We see in Judges chapter 7. And I won't go through the whole story, I don't have time for it. But Gideon had this massive army and, and whittled it all the way down by the Lord's command to 300 people. And then he asked them to do something interesting. They surrounded the Midianites who they needed to battle. And they had a pot, a torch, and a trumpet. And they broke the pot, held up the torches, and blew the trumpet. That's what the Lord told them to do. And the Lord threw them. There was a spirit of confusion that came upon the Midianites. And this is what happened. When the 300 trumpets sounded... The Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other and their swords. Whenever there's a spirit of confusion, it always results in people turning on one another. And there is so much confusion about politics, about health. There's so much confusion out there. It's not hard for me to prove it to you. You don't even know who to believe anymore. No matter where you listen to, everybody has all these facts, they say, and points and all that, and they don't ever seem to line up. It's confusion. And so what happens? People have turned on one another. The very few people who were supposed to be unified have now turned on one another. We see that happening all around us. But this is what God says. Because if God's involved, there's no confusion. There's none. This is so critical. I'm telling you, I'm connected to a lot of pastors around, and I can tell you about churches that are turning on one another because there's confusion in the house of God. And if there's confusion, God's not in it. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Now, I want you to know something with the scripture. For God is not a God of confusion, Not the author of confusion, but the Bible doesn't say, it doesn't say right there in this context, but of understanding. It doesn't say God is not the author of confusion, but of understanding, although God does obviously know all things, but he is the author of peace. Why did he say peace there? Because you would think the opposite of confusion would be understanding, but what actually says not confusion, but the God of peace because of this, because we will not understand all things, but we can have peace peace in all things. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but I can have peace in it. And there needs to be peace in the house of God. There needs to be a unity in the house of God because we need to cast down in the name of Jesus a spirit of confusion. And then when I talk about a spirit of division, this isn't going to surprise anybody. You know, when we talk about politics, then obviously you know that's not, that's not surprising to anyone that there would be division at all. And I'm just going to say this, as we're moving into such a critical season, um, I'll say this, it, it matters 
It matters who's the next president. It matters who's in the White House. It matters. This, this matter. and, and I think it's important. I want to just say this. Let me just go ahead and make this statement, okay? Because people want to know this. Let me make a statement. I think you should. You should know the facts. You should know the policies that are out there in the plan. You should pray and ask the Lord and talk to the Lord and ask God to give you wisdom. And then you should vote, okay? Let me make that very clear. If you don't vote, don't complain, okay? All right, so there's my little statement, all right, for you. But here's the thing. The enemy comes and brings division, and this shouldn't surprise us. Because the enemy of our soul, the devil, this has been his number one play from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Adam and Eve, the devil goes to Eve. Did the Lord say you cannot eat of the tree? It's bringing division. What is division? The word die, D-I, means two. And then there's vision. Division means there's two visions, two different visions going on. We see it all throughout Scripture. We see in Revelations 12, 10, it says that the devil is actually, one of his titles is the accuser of the brethren. What is he doing? He's bringing division. The devil went to Jesus and tempted him, and he started quoting Scripture to him. What was he trying to do? Bring division. This is what he does. In Isaiah 14, Verses 13 through 15, Isaiah gives us a picture of what happened in the heavenlies. How did Satan come about? How did Lucifer come about? I don't have time to go into all of it, but Lucifer was one of the archangels. And many theologians believe, there is some debate, but many theologians believe that actually he was the worship leader, that Lucifer was the worship leader. And then as one of the worship leaders, he felt that glory... And then this is what Isaiah said that he did. He said, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars. And I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the top of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you were brought down from the realm of the dead to the depths of of the pit. And we see in Revelations 12, 4, that he deceived and a third of the angels fell with him. It's division. And now when there's division, there's this next thing that seems like a new thing that we see in our culture. When there's division, then it ushers in what we see now, this, what we call cancel culture. And if you want to talk about the epitome of pride, it's canceling. It's saying, I know so much more than you. I am so much better than you that you are, you're done. You're out. The epitome of pride. We, brothers and sisters, we are in a spiritual battle. There's a spirit of fear, spirit of confusion, spirit of division that's out all around us. But here's the good news. God has equipped us with the answers moving forward. But we gotta know how to battle. We don't battle by blasting people and polarizing people and pointing the finger at people because the issue isn't the people. It's the power and the principalities behind that. That's whispering to them. That's lying. That's pushing those agendas. 
Scripture says this in, in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 4. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. See, our weapons are not the weapons of everybody else. <laughs> not the weapon of Facebook. <laughs> not the weapon of attacking others. No, no, we, we fight with, the, there's a different set of weapons that we fight with, and I just, I'm giving you, I'm just gonna give you five of them here. We fight with the weapon of prayer. We pray for people. We pray for our country. We pray for local authorities. We pray for our authorities throughout our nation and our world. And we believe God and ask for God. If, hey, that person that you can't stand, how about you pray for them? Hey, that, uh, how about you pray for those people that, that you disagree with? Or, or you think, so? how about we actually pray and, and ask the Holy Spirit to start speaking to them? Because the Holy Spirit isn't divided. He's not. He's not trying to figure out what's going on. There is one truth, and it's the spirit of truth that will lead us and guide us into all truth. And so we ask the spirit of truth to be released all throughout our world into all the leaders around us and maybe even into your home. Wow. It's prayer, confession. That's another weapon. Why is confession? Because many of us are locked up because we're hiding. The Bible says this. It says, confess your sins to God and you will be forgiven. But scripture also says, confess your sins one to another so that you might be healed. Many of us, we're struggling because we feel so much shame and guilt because of what we're hiding. And scripture says that whenever we bring that into the light, then it sets us free. And it sets us free to do battle for him. Prayer, confession, speak in the word. Listen, if you come to this church more than three weeks, you know, I'm going to say something about speaking the word. I'm not saying it because I don't have anything else to say. I say it because I, I so believe it with every core. It has changed my life. You speak the word in Ephesians. It talks about putting on the full armor of God. And this has been, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And you speak that word over your situation. You speak that word over your sickness. You speak what God says over your fear. You speak God into your kids and into your grandkids and into your spouse. And you do that and you believe it. It is fighting. This is the battle we fight. We stand, we speak the word and stand in faith. That's another one of our weapons. We stand in faith. Even when we don't understand it all, we stand in faith knowing that, that if God is for us, who can be against us? And the final one said, just, I'm just giving here on these five, is, is worship. We worship. There's a song we keep playing around our house a lot where it, it, just, it just simply says, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. There's something about worshiping that there's something that happens in the heavenlies. There's something that happens when we worship. I want to end with this last part. In Matthew 16, when I read the verse, many of you are going to recognize it because I say this all the time. As much as I talk about speaking the word, I also say a lot about this right here. And Jesus is talking. He says, and I tell, tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock... 
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you spend any time in this church, you're going to hear me say, this is in my church. This is Jesus' church. And he's going to build his church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. You've heard me say that a million times. You hang out, you're going to hear me say it a million more times. Because I am very aware that, you know, we don't build church for us. We build church for him. This is his church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Can I tell you what's going to happen with all this mess? I don't know, but I'm not worried about it. You know why? Because he's going to build his church. But here's an interesting thing. The very next scripture, in the same context, gives us a massive thing we all need to know as believers walking with him. He said, so I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now watch what he says. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now see, Jesus said he's going to build his church, but he's going to give us the keys. Wow. Think about that for a second. Scripture says we co-labor with Christ. Remember, what did I say? God, what is the only thing you're going to do? But God, what are you asking me to do? And what do keys do? Keys open access to something or it locks access to something. And when he gives us the keys, Remember when he, when he taught the disciples how to pray, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we're praying every day, God, the same rule, the same reign, the same authority, everything that's happening on earth, God, you bring it here in, in heaven, you bring it here on earth. And we have the keys to lock that. He's going to be his church, but he gave us the keys. What are you locking up? And what are we given access to? Do you know when we pray lined with the word of God, it opens the access of heaven on of our life. Then also when we speak in authority against those spirits of fear and darkness in our life and say, hey, no, you, you shut your mouth and you're not allowed in this house. You know, I prayed that over my house. God, put your angels around my house. There's going to be nothing that comes in this house that dishonors you. There'll be no spirit of fear that comes in here and tries to, to make my kids feel afraid or my wife feel nervous or anything like that. No, 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 you're not welcomed here. I've locked that. And so it's locked in heaven. But at the same time, we can release things. See, see, I'm, I already said this in our in live person. I feel like as, as good as I've, I've come to this point in this message, I feel like there's even more. So we may even go another week where I even dig a little deeper on the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. What are those weapons? How do we dig a little deeper so that we are making sure? Because I'll tell you what, our world needs it. Our community needs it. Your home needs it. We need this. We need to know not just what's happening, but what's really going on. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and what the Spirit of darkness is trying to do to move into our community. There's a spirit of the power of the air. Hey, in Katy, in Houston, there's a spirit in the power of the air that is the dominating influence that is trying to push people into fear, 
confusion and division. And it's got to be the people of God in the church that says, no, 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 no. What are you doing? You don't have the keys. Jesus gave us the keys. And you're not allowed in here with that. My God, I'm fired up at 10, 15 at night. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is talking to us. Now I want to end by personalizing it with a little story. Last week I preached a message, and we're talking about habits, and, and I used the story of, you know, getting back into working out. And of course I should have known as soon as I did a story like that that something like this would happen. So, uh, so this past week I, 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 I tweaked, tweaked my back uh, right here on the right backside of my back. And I'd love to say that, you know, I was doing CrossFit and it was, you know, lift four houses and run around the corner four times. And I was on my third house, you know, and then my, my, my back started hurting. I'd love to tell you that, you know, I was like bench pressing 475 pounds, you know, back squat 825 pounds. I'll tell you what happened. I picked up a 10 pound weight and uh, when I went to pick up the 10 pound weight, I went, oh, and it, and it hurt. And it still hurts even to this day. Uh, even right now, it's hurting a little bit. And so I, I went to the CrossFit owner who goes to our church as well, Kyle. And, uh, and I said, Kyle, man, my lower back's killing me, man. Can you give me some stretches? Because uh, I know he's big into stretching. They, they talk about it at the gym. And, and I said, man, can you just help me? He goes, okay, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to help you. And so he gets a few little things to start showing me what I can do. And, and so here I am, my, my right Lower backs bother me. I said, give me some stretches. Said, okay. And so he gets one of these balls. He said, hey, so let's, let's work on your left hamstring. Let's start stretching out that left hamstring. And I'm like, well, I don't know. If, uh, maybe, maybe you didn't understand very much. Um, it wasn't my left hamstring. It's the right lower part of my back. And Kyle, anybody knows Kyle? He's like, <laughs> got a little, little giggle. And he kind of jokingly around, he does it, he did this thing. He's like, he's like, the ear bones connected to the knee bone. And he started singing a little song, you know? And, and he started to show, and, and sure enough, I am start pushing on this left part of my left hamstring, and it hurts. And as soon as I let go, relief started coming to the right part of my lower back. And see, he said, see, you're feeling the pain in the right part of your lower back, but the real hurt is originating in your left hamstring. Hmm. And see, I think a lot of us, we're feeling the hurt in the physical, but the true hurt isn't what's going on in the right part of your lower back. It's in the spirit of the, your hamstring on the left side. I know what the problem is. I know where my pain is, Pastor Jay. She's my pain. He's my pain. My spouse is my pain. No, 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 no. Are they really? Or maybe are you asking them to do something that only God can fill? Maybe you're asking for your husband, your wife, to give you peace in your heart that only God can give you peace. And now you're frustrated with them and you're calling them out because they can't put security in your heart because they never were supposed to. Only Jesus could. So you thought it was your, you thought it was your lower back, but it was your left hamstring. Maybe you're sick. Maybe we have a lot of successful people in our church, a lot of successful people. And maybe that success, though, is 
you still have an emptiness. And maybe you've, you've looked for the next thing and the, <laughs> the newest toy or whatever, just maybe this or maybe that. And you're very gifted and talented in that. But maybe one of the reasons you find yourself frustrated and running around looking for the next thing is, is you don't realize that, yes, God gave you a tremendous gift. But he didn't give it for it to be just about you. He gave you that gift so it would go past you. And so that you could use it to build a legacy to extend God's kingdom. And you find your fulfillment, not in the next but you find your fulfillment by being used by God to make an impact on others by serving and giving and loving. See, you thought it was your lower back. It's, it's, it was something else. It's what's really going on. There's so many people out there frustrated and feisty. I mean, look, we live in Houston, so everybody feisty at some level. But it's been a whole nother level. A couple of days ago, I'm at H-E-B. And I'm standing in the social media, you know, six foot, you know, social distance there. But I'm standing on the edge of the front. This lady in front of me turns around, looks at me and goes, excuse me, sir, back up. I mean, not like, would you back up, please? I mean, looked at me like, back up, like I'm going to punch you in the mouth, pastor, even though she don't know as a pastor. And I was like, oh, oh, sure. And I'm thinking to myself, and I looked at her, and I had to be careful. I'm a pastor, and you know, I love people and stuff like that. But I'm like, I'm in a circle, all right? But she's feisty, and she's irritated and all that. And I could say, like, man, what a grumpy lady. Tell you, well, what's wrong with her? And not realize, and no, no, she's worried. She's insecure. She doesn't know what's going on around her. And there's a spirit of confusion and fear that's on top of her right now. And instead of having the grace, I could launch back out. She thinks the pain and frustrated because I'm in the front of the circle. That's not what's really going on. There's a spirit of fear that's all throughout our kids. People don't know what to do. So that people are frustrated over the dumbest things right now because all what's going on, and we're not going to beat it. We're not going to win by being tougher by being more arrogant, by calling folk out. We're going to win by calling the spirit, the spirits that are the powers of darkness in this dark world that are trying to, trying to be persuasive over our country. We need to be the people of God that stand up and we say, no, 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 in the name of Jesus, he gave me the keys. He gave me the keys and we're going to shut the spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. So I lock the spirit of fear and I unlock the spirit of a love, a sound mind. That's, that's what I'm doing. And see, that's where we as the church have to realize the authority that we have in Christ. That he, not that we are, but what he's given us. He's given us the keys. He's given you the keys. I'm going to pray for you. And this is what I want you to know. I'm going to ask God that this week he would give you eyes to see and ears to hear what's really going on. And some of you, you're going to be going about your week and you're going to stop in the middle of it and you're going to remember what I'm saying. And you're going to ask God, God, what is going on right now? What are people really feeling right now? And I'm going to ask you to step up and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against that. I'm just trusting right now in the name of Jesus that that... We just, we bind that spirit of fear. We bind that spirit of division. 
we bind that spirit of confusion that's going on right now. And God, we release a spirit of love. We release a spirit of peace and we release a spirit of unity in the name of Jesus. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your people today. Lord, I ask right now, there's some right now, even though they're, they're listening to me, there's a spirit of fear that they're struggling with. There's some that are listening right now and they're so defensive about things. No one can tell them, no one can help them, and even people that want to help them, they won't listen to it, God. It's because there's a spirit of failure. There's a spirit of fear that they're going to fail. And because they have that spirit of fear that they're going to fail, that they don't want anybody to help them because they feel like a failure when someone tries to help them, and it's keeping them from being everything they're supposed to be. We come against that in the name of Jesus. We break that spirit of fear and failure in the name of Jesus, God, and we just trust you, Lord God. And I'm asking them that they'd step up and move forward, Lord. There's others that they're doing things right now they don't even want to do, but because of the fear of rejection of others... What they're doing is they're compromising what they don't want to compromise. God, I pray against that spirit of fear. I lock it up in the name of Jesus, and we release right now a spirit of boldness, of strength, of conviction, of a backbone of steel, God, so that we might walk in your righteousness and in your truth, God. If everybody else is walking the opposite way, God, that we walk in your truth and in your light. Father, I pray, Lord, every spirit of division that's on every home right now, every husband and wife that's fighting with one another right now, Father, that I've just come against that spirit of division on their house right now. And God, I just pray a spirit of peace and unity would come upon that home right now, God, that they would feel wholeness, Lord Jesus. They would feel a, a intimacy with one another, God. I pray for every student that's, that's nervous. I pray for everyone that's confused out there, our world that's confused right now. Father, I pray the spirit of truth would lead people in the, in the truth. And Lord God, I pray you would guide us for people to see what's really going on. I pray every hidden agenda would be exposed in the name of Jesus right now. That every agenda that's driving people away from God, that the enemy is trying to use culture, to bring division in the church, to push people away. We rebuke in the name of Jesus, not just our church, but churches all over the world, Lord God, that they would come together, Lord, that we're not under the banner of any politics, God. We're not under the banner first of any people group, God. We are under the banner of Jesus Christ, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We we are under the banner of Christ. Earth, we're just passing through. Heaven is our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. God, we love you. We praise you. And I pray we would be a unified body. And I pray for your people right now, God, that anything that we've been seeing, I pray every scale would be wiped away from people's eyes. And we begin to see what's really going on. And help us to fight that battle. And we know when we do, we will win. And we will move your kingdom forward. And God, I believe the greatest revival, the greatest awakening in human history is in front of us, God. And we want to be a part of it. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. And God, I pray your hand of favor would be on each person as they go. You give them eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying. Amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. And hey, go forth in his power.
and go forth. I'm, I'm just praying, I'm believing that you'll have spiritual eyes to see and hear, and that you would fight those battles and we'll see victory. Love you guys. See you soon.